0: This morning, we are continuing our study of the holy Spirit and uh, over the next couple of weeks we 're going to look at the the role of the Holy Spirit that that serves to to testify and to convict and this is something that that makes us a little bit uncomfortable to to um, to think about that, that part of the reason that we gather, the significance of, of why we gather on a consistent basis isn't just so that we can hear the gospel, but is to remind us that the gospel isn't for us alone, that the gospel is also for the world, and that requires us speaking about Jesus to the world. That, that's uncomfortable because there's the potential of conflict, and we, we don't like conflict. When I was living in Riverside, California, the church that, that uh, I was working with had a, a kind of a, a small uh, homeless... I don't know if it was really a problem, but there, there were people that, that would sleep outside the church building at times, and most of them uh, were not any problem at all, but occasionally there would be somebody that, that uh, was either on, on drugs or just was suffering from some kind of mental illness. And, and uh, on one, one morning... Uh, it, we were dealing with one of those uh, men, and when he was asked to leave, he started uh, throwing rocks at uh, at the building and shattered one of the, the doors to our, uh, the, the entrance into our office section, and so I had to, to call the police and, and report that. One of our elders was a uh, retired L.A. County Sheriff, and uh, so I called him as well to come up there and I think he was kind of missing being on duty because he kind of went into full-on cop mode. And so he, he pulls up in, into his Cadillac, and he wants to go out and try and find where this, this guy has, has wandered off to. So I get in the car with him, and we're, we're driving through these neighborhoods searching, and, and I'm the only one that has seen the, this man, and so, so I'm kind of the, the eyewitness, and we, we think we see the, the the man kind of go into a, a strip mall area, and so we pull in there and, and it was about that time that the police arrived and uh, so the the retired um, sheriff he, he gets out and, and he 's visiting with the the uh, local police there and and I see the this man walk out of one of the shops, and so I say, "There he is and my, my elder, Norm, he, he says, says, where? And, and I'm seeing him right there, but I, I can't just point at him because I don't want him to see me point at him. And so I'm kind of doing a head nod thing. And I'm doing that because I've seen TV shows. This isn't how it's supposed to go down. I'm supposed to ID him through a, a one-way mirror where he can't see me because I don't want to get involved in, in the conflict and And yet that's that's what the experience of of being a follower of Jesus is like, isn't it? in John fifteen verse eighteen, Jesus tells his disciples that if the world hates you, I can imagine the disciples are sitting there saying, "Wait wait, wait, wait jesus what what, what are you talking about the the world hating us and it's in This context that Jesus is going to provide some important teaching about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does for his followers. That they don't go alone, but they go with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. This morning, our our songs are going to be about the sacrifice of Jesus and the, the message that we have of what Jesus has done for us. This is serving as a reminder for us as we prepare to lead into this teaching of Jesus. I want to encourage you to grab your Bibles, whether on your phone or you have a paper Bible, and open up to John chapter 15. While you're turning over to John chapter 15, let me just uh, kind of remind you uh, of what we're doing in this study called the, "The God I Never Knew." For those of you that that maybe you're uh, you're new here to the colonies, or or maybe you're new to faith uh, altogether, th- this language of the Holy Spirit or the God that sh- that we never knew it may sound a little bit foreign to you. And so let, let me just kind of remind you that that. Uh, our faith is in a God that is three persons in one. We believe that that God uh, is, is a father, that he is a son, and that he is spirit. This is a mystery that is is beyond the, the uh, most intelligent of us to really fully be able to grasp. We, we've used a lot of different images to try and and describe them. Uh, one of the most well known is is of an egg. You have three parts, you have the, the shell, you have the white and the the yolk. And uh, w- without all those three, you don't have a, an egg in its wholeness. and And that's the same with God. but but all of those analogies, they, they fail. They, they break down at, at some point. And the the most difficult part of God or person of God, for us to comprehend is the Spirit. And many of our churches have stopped even talking about the Holy Spirit, and, and it's kind of a, a dangerous practice for us. It's dangerous because Jesus said that, that he is sending the Holy Spirit, John 16 verse7, and that it's going to be better for us that, that we have the Holy Spirit than when we have the, the physical presence of Jesus. The Gospel of John, where, where all of this teaching of Jesus comes from, it's believed to be the, the last of the Gospels that were written. That John was one of the, the, the last apostles to, to die, and he is looking at all of the, the, uh, his kind of uh, contemporaries, those that were the original followers, the first generation of the uh, followers of Jesus, and they are now dying. And, and so he's, he's starting to say, if this is going to continue, then maybe we need to start writing some more of the, the significant uh, parts of Jesus' life. And you get to the end of John's gospel, and John, John says that, that Jesus did so many things that if we were to write all of them, that there would not be enough libraries in the world to contain the volumes. But I have selected these these few things so that you can believe and that by believing you can have life. And so of all of the the teachings, all of the the experiences that the disciples had with Jesus, for John to say that this is important not just for the apostles to know, for the first generation to know, but for the next generation to know. For him to include these three chapters in which Jesus teaches extensively about the Holy Spirit says something about the significance of the Holy Spirit for those who are going to come after. We're going to pick up the reading in John 15 verse 18. Jesus says if the world hates you keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Not only does Jesus kind of break this bad news to his followers that he is leaving them. And and it just completely rocks their world. They are disturbed by this. But he continues on and he says, not only am I leaving, but everybody's going to hate you. That The world is going to get worse. They're going to, to, to turn against you even more so than what they have turned against me. And if you are one of those disciples and you're listening to Jesus, what what you want to hear him say is, this is how you are safe. This is the place that you need to go to seek refuge, to to escape from them and, and their hatred. But instead, what Jesus says is, in spite of their hatred of you, you must testify. We are just now starting to experience again the the world around Christianity hating us. most of us we, we, we grew up in in these kind of uh, safe environments where everyone we knew they may not have gone to our church, but they at least went to a church. They shared a faith in Jesus I have shared before about uh, my trip to Uh, Slovakia on a mission trip whenever I was 16. It's one of the the most formative experiences that I've had. And uh, one of the the young people that I met there was a a young man that was 16. He was the same age that I was. His name was Peter. And uh, Peter had been converted to Christianity. He was baptized into Christ. And his family did not like it. They threatened to to disown him, to kick him out of the house at the age of 16 if he continued to associate with Christians. And so the only way that, that he could have any kind of fellowship with another Christian was he, he worked at a McDonald's in in the, the city and so he would tell his parents that he had to be at work at 4 and he would leave at 2 and he would go to see the missionary and the missionary would give him commentaries or or other Christian writings so that he could then Read this. And and I can't imagine what what that kind of life had to have been like for Peter to to choose between family and and faith. And yet, we are living in a world where, where they're starting to turn against Christ. And what I want to hear Jesus say is, okay, this is where you need to go to be safe. And yet whenever I read Scripture over and over again, I I see this command. This command of Jesus in all the Gospels, the last thing that He says to His disciples, to, to anyone that is following Him, is this message that you have been given, it's your responsibility now to go and share that with others. And in a contemptuous society, this command of Jesus that is the, the um, greatest act of willful disobedience by the church. It leaves us living in fear. That, that we're faced with this choice of, of either we just keep it to ourselves and disobey. Or, or, or often we will we'll try and use the power of, of the world to fulfill Jesus' command. So we try and try and seek political power and, and legislate morality. And it 's like uh, an old peanuts cartoon with uh, Lucy bragging about how she would have made a great evangelist. and when asked why, she said that it was because uh, she was able to convince the, the student in front of her in school that, that her uh, religion was better than. than Uh, She was asked how she did it. She said, I beat him over the head with with my lunchbox. And and that's that's kind of the movement that that we kind of go through as we go through this pendulum swing is, I'm not going to say anything, but now I've realized I have to say something. So so we, we clamor for power. But in this teaching, Jesus offers a third way. A third way of testimony. You heard Bob read scripture from First uh, John. As John is writing and he says that, that we are, are testifying. That we testify to what we have seen, what we have heard. And, and this letter is, is what he is doing. He's living out this command of Jesus to, to live as witnesses. And to to really understand the role of the Holy Spirit in our testimony, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit testifies before us. That the Holy Spirit goes out ahead of us. In October of last year, uh, the actor uh, Rose McGowan joined with others in uh, making claims of uh, sexual harassment by uh, an executive in Hollywood. And a couple of days later, uh, another uh, actress uh, then stepped forward and said that I also am am a, a victim of this and encouraged others to step forward with their story with the hashtag me too and since that time almost a year later we've we've had hundreds of of young women and old women and and it's not just in in Hollywood it's it's just this last week there was another story within the catholic church and it's not just the catholic church we we hear it more and more and And whenever those stories come out, they're often decades later, and you wonder why. Why why does it take so long for them to share their story? And what you start to discover whenever you you hear their stories is that that they live in fear of of being the first one. That whenever somebody else steps ahead first, that that they then are emboldened to, to share about their story. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Peter discovered this whenever he was called to go and preach to the Gentile, the the centurion, Cornelius, in Acts chapter 10. He gets there expecting to introduce this man to Jesus only to discover that the Holy Spirit has already come on them. So in Acts chapter 10, verse Forty-seven. He says, that uh, you know, how can we stand in the way of their being baptized because the Holy Spirit has already gone out ahead? The Holy Spirit is doing exactly what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do in John 15, verse 26. That He comes and He's gone out ahead of them and He is testifying. Not only does the Holy Spirit testify before us but the Holy Spirit also testifies with us. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is sending out his disciples and there warns them that they may be arrested, but tells them not to worry about or to to make any preparations for what they are going to say whenever they appear before the courts. And the reason is that at that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. What if our lack of experience with the Holy Spirit has come from the fact that we refuse to, to step forward until we are we receive confirmation from the Spirit that we are supposed to say anything? Whenever Jesus says that the Spirit will work after you step forward, after you have already gone so far to the point that you are being arrested, then you are going to be given the words that you are to say. It's the same thing that, that God told Moses all the way back in Exodus. As Moses tried to come up with every excuse he could think of not to go before Pharaoh and... And ultimately, he is told, go and I will help you speak. I will teach you what to say. Perhaps you've heard of the the old Native American practice when a, a boy turned the age of 13 that, that his father would take him, uh, blindfold him, and walk him out into the wilderness somewhere and, and then would just leave him there. He had to stay there overnight. And every time that, that this boy hears a, a, a crackle, He starts to imagine the the size of the beast that's making that that snap of a twig. Every time he hears an animal howl, he he has the the, the fear of the, the size of the teeth of this animal. And whenever the sun rises the next day, he turns to see that his father never left him, that his father was there the entire time that exercise was was not just an exercise in in bravery, but it was also an exercise in dependence. It was teaching the the young man that no matter how far you are away from your tribe or your community, that, that you are dependent upon them. The Holy Spirit testifies with me perhaps most importantly, we need to notice that Jesus says that, that our testimony is about Jesus. That above all else, we testify about Jesus Christ. That's why our, our songs have been about the, the sacrifice of Jesus, about how, how God can save us. Because we start to get diverted into thinking that our message is about all kinds of other things. Recently, a pastor in New York City appeared on the, the talk show, The View. And he was asked a question by one of the, the liberal women on the, the, the show uh, who is, is not a believer in God. She, the first question she asked is, is abortion a sin? Carl Lentz didn't answer the question directly. He um, started to say, you know, that, that I, I want to uh, sit down and, with this person and I want to talk with them. and I want to hear their story. I want to hear about what they believe. And after that interview, he started to receive a lot of criticism from Christians for not taking a stand against abortion. Later, Carl Lentz started to defend himself and, and very publicly said that he does believe that abortion is sin, uh, but he was also fully aware of the audience that he was in front of. And the person asking the question is somebody that does not believe in Christ. And see, we, we start to, to think that, that, uh, that, that our battle is, is, is an ethical battle. That we, we need to, to fight the battle on all of these kinds of fronts. But the problem is that you cannot expect someone to, to live the ethics that we live without having the foundation that we have. And, and I want you to listen to me very carefully because I, I don't want you to hear me say that those ethical and moral decisions, that those are insignificant. But the message flows out of a belief in Jesus Christ. And that the the primary message that the church, that the, the followers of Jesus proclaim is not morality for morality's sake. But we proclaim that Jesus is the one that saves. Every time that Paul writes a letter, he begins with theology. He begins with, this is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus has done. And because you believe that, now, let's look at the implications of that for how you live. Look at every letter of Paul and approximately half of Paul's letter is theology. And at some point, there's going to be a therefore. uh, Therefore, because of all of this stuff, now, this is how you live. Paul himself said that to the Corinthians that whenever I was among you, I resolved to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Jesus Christ is the foundation of our message We can talk about how we love the Bible, how we love our church, but they are not the centerpiece of our gospel. The centerpiece of our gospel is that Jesus Christ is God, that Jesus Christ sacrificed himself so that we can live. And because that is our message, we have the presence of God with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the sacrifice that he has made. And Father, our prayer this morning is that you will remind us that we are not to live our lives for ourselves alone. That you have given us a mission in this world. And Father, we pray for a fresh filling of the Spirit so that we can we can testify to who Jesus is. In Christ's name we pray, amen. And if you would like to ask the prayers of those that are gathered here this morning, or maybe you want to put your faith into this God who saves, that has freely given us life, we invite you to come as we stand together and sing.